Hello my unapologetic beauties, welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Her, hosted by yours truly, Natalie Nadine. Unapologetically Her is a podcast created to not only tackle all things female and urban pop culture, but to empower, embrace, and educate the women of today's society. Welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Her, the podcast that's for her by her. And for today's episode, I am joined by Tiffany, and we'll be discussing self-acceptance and self-love. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. So before we get into anything, tell the people about yourself, where they could find you, promote any businesses, you know, how they can run you a check. (laughs) All right. So my name is Tiffany, um, but everyone on social media might know me as Azandria. Um, I am one of the co-hosts of Second Dot Opinions Podcast. Um, Well, actually, that's the Instagram. So it's Second Opinions Podcast, but you can follow the page at Second Dot Opinions Podcast. I'm also director of a wellness company here in Jamaica. And I'm also a stress coach. So, yeah, I have a lot going on. I have a lot on my plate. I love that. Uh, doing. <laughs> so just in case for anyone in Jamaica, where can they find you for any of this? Um, so I'm located in Montego Bay. Um, my office, uh, the wellness office is located in Fairview for anyone who is familiar with the area. Um you can give us a call at 480-8971. Actually, let me put the area code in front of that. So it's 876-480-8971. And what we offer there is chiropractic services and also counseling services. So, you know, for anyone out there who is in need of either, give us a call at any time. Perfect. So, you know, any of our Jamaican listeners, or anyone who plans to go to Jamaica, you know where to check her out. Yes. <laughs> so my first, so my first question for you is, how are you, especially with COVID and all these trying times? How have you been? Um, you know what? I've been up and down. Some mm-hmm. days I'm I'm okay. You know, I I try to give myself little pep talks. You know, I tell myself every day that I'm a better situation than a lot of people. Yes. Um, and and that's been carrying me through. But there are some days where I just, I can't, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to curl up in a ball somewhere mm-hmm. in a corner and just stay there, you know, because it's every time I turn on the TV or as I go on social media, it's, it's always something, always something happening. Yes. If it's not, if they're not talking about the pandemic, they're talking about another black man being killed by police. Um, here in Jamaica, we have our own problems here. You know, it's a lot of, uh, recently there's been a surge in gender-based violence against women here. I've heard and about that. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot recently and it's really been gnawing at me um actually it's it's i've realized that in these past few weeks a a bit of paranoia has set in um where now i'm a bit afraid to go outside um i don't want to walk around by myself as Mm -hmm. i said i just want to stay in because you know i I think i'm not safe yes everything that's happening in the world so it has been taking its toll on my mental health a bit you know despite me being a counselor despite me having training 
But it shows how real you are. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, it's been taking its toll. It's been taking its toll. But luckily, I have really good friends. I have great family members. I have a supportive husband. So those, they, they've been keeping me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I just love that. And I like how you said, despite what you do for a living, that these are the things you're feeling. And I feel like people, when you're in a certain field, they expect you to always have it together. You always have to be 100. Yeah. <laughs> so for you to be like, I have these moments too. I, I yes. first of all, I love that. And I applaud you for that, for being open about that. You're welcome. No, I think it's important to talk about that. Um, and especially because, you know, I have all these clients and you have to, you have to remain strong for them. And I also want to remain strong for my family. Mm-hmm. And um, I've never been one to kind of break down in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the verge of that nowadays. Um, it's because every day I'm, as I said, with all that's happening. And then if I have my clients and they tell me what's been happening in their lives and it's so many things that I can relate to. And there are moments when I get very overwhelmed, you know, Mm -hmm. I get very overwhelmed. And as I said, I just have to keep giving myself these talks that, you know, like it could be worse for me. Um, I have all these things to be grateful for all these people to be grateful for, I have to persevere, but I also know that it's important for me to take a step back sometimes. And if I have Absolutely. to cry, and I cry, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just let it all out. Watch right. some Grey's Anatomy and just ball. <laughs> just ball. I am with you on that. I feel like I was talking to a friend yesterday, and I'm like, that's the path I've been on, where I'm like, there's so much going on because my mom keeps up to date with the Jamaican news, like on mm-hmm. a daily. Plus, we're hearing the things that are happening in the States. Plus, Toronto's yeah. having their own little drama happening over here. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm like, sometimes I just want to be in bed. I just turn on some good TV from like the 80s and 90s. I'm like, exactly. I'm blocking everything else. Yes. <laughs> I have been, <laughs> actually, not having, I've binge watched The Nanny. Um, <laughs> this, is like, <laughs> this is like the 50th time I've done yeah. it, but. I started watching it again because like, you know what? I remember when I was a little girl and yeah. watching this series, it made me feel so good. And I aspired to be like Fran Drescher. And I'm like, I'm going to watch it again. So I binge watched the entire uh, series. And <laughs> now I've discovered a new one that she she produced, which is called Happily Divorced. Yeah. So I've started on that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm like, yes, I need this. I need some some little joys you know wherever i can get it from i'm gonna take it oh i love that i just love how you mentioned the daddy oh my gosh that's one of my favorites (laughs) (laughs) so jumping into the topic now can you talk about the importance of self-acceptance and self-love especially with regards to young women today yes sure Mm -hmm. so um Self-acceptance and self-love, these are attributes that are important to our mental health and to our overall well-being. And for a lot of people, you know, they view these concepts as luxury. They, they don't think that everyone can afford these things. They don't think that, you know, for them, they can afford to accept themselves completely. But the truth is that these are necessities and they can both be cultivated through intentional actions. And by intentional actions, I mean, you know, doing the internal work, you know, learn to sit with yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, learn to get to know and understand yourself, even the the deepest, darkest parts of you that that's been repressed 
over the many years. Um, so when it comes to young women today, I believe we were taught to diminish ourselves and the sides that are deemed unacceptable by society, um, you know, because it's not wanted. But by doing this, the versions of ourselves that we present to the world, it's not the real us. It's, it's untrue. Mm-hmm. And deep inside, we know that it's untrue. So therefore, because we're out there showing these altered versions of ourselves, we start hating ourselves inside. You know, we cut ourselves off from the life force energy that gives and sustains life. And, and this disconnection, it, it can manifest itself in physical illness and poor emotional and mental health. Mm-hmm. So you find that you'll start having low self-esteem there, that you have a victim mentality, you have a lack of intrinsic motivation, or you're constantly seeking approval from other people. Yeah. So I think it's very, very important for us to learn to, you know, cultivate that level of self-acceptance within just to know that I don't need the validation of others to let me understand who I am or accept who I am or love who I am, so to speak. See, what I love is was the very first part we said where luxury versus necessity. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever heard it explained that way before, but it makes so much sense. Yes. A lot of people look at it that way. Um, I've, I've come across you know, clients where I'm talking to them and you're going through, you, you, like you're reaffirming them that, you know, you're great, you're this and you're, no, you know, I can't, I'm not, I'm not, I've been told this or that. And I can't, I can't love myself truly or completely, you know, the, that's for, it's kind of too out there. It's too woo woo. It's for people who are like hippies or like, no, no, mm-hmm. it's not. It's for everyone. It is for everyone. It's a lot of work. Yes. I will, I will tell you that. It's a lot of work, especially if you were raised in an environment where no one was there to affirm you, where no one was there to tell you how good you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you grew up with that, you know, that belief, those untrue beliefs yeah. that you're definitely not good enough. Uh, when you come to a point where you realize that it's no longer serving you and you want to create the change, it is a lot of work and it's very uncomfortable work. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Very uncomfortable. Oh, the uncomfortable <laughs> part. I agree with that one. You kind of have to be <laughs> uncomfortable to get comfortable kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. You have to learn to, you know, be uncomfortable to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's never, it's never a nice feeling you know I I think I read somewhere once where someone said that they're in they're in between this place where they're liking who they're becoming you know they're changing and they're liking it but also they want to go back to the old them and they're in this middle ground where they're just not sure yeah as to what's happening and it's like everything is just upside down and chaotic but they know it's going to be for the best Mm -hmm. so that's a really good way to put it I love that go through the motions (laughs) Yes, exactly. Just go through the motions. Whatever comes, just go with it and be like, okay, this is what we're doing today. All right. Mm -hmm. No problem. Let's just go with it. Absolutely. Now, (laughs) my next thing for you is what do you think is the biggest cause for the lack of self-acceptance and self-love? I'm going to put it on a hierarchy here. So Mm -hmm. at the top, I think the biggest cause for the lack of self-acceptance and self-love in women today stems from the family. This is our first line of interaction and socialization. And it's where we start to create our own identities, you know. And if during that process you're taught that you're not enough because of how you look, 
or how you speak or because you don't have certain attributes, then it's going to be embedded within your psyche. And so you will continue through life with this untrue belief. Just as I said before, you know, you will continue to think that you're inadequate, that you're undeserving of love from others or compassion from others. Mm -hmm. And so you start not loving yourself. You'll start to think that, you know, if you change certain parts of you, if you show them what they want, then you will be accepted by others. And ultimately, you'll start accepting yourself. But this is not true. This is a lie. Yeah. Because for others to accept you and love you, you have to show them that you fully accept yourself, too. Mm-hmm. And You know what? In the beginning, I used to disagree with this. I'm like, no, uh, people can come in your lives and love you for you. But what's th- who's the you that they're loving? Yeah, it's not the real you. It's it's just the on the altered version of you, because you don't even want to accept the real parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. You're afraid that if you show this side to all these people in your life who say they love you, then they'll run away yeah. and you'll be alone. So you know you you create this whole facade and you go through life, as I said, not being true, not being true to you, mm-hmm. and so no one really knows the true you. Um, on the second level, I would say it's friends. Your friends have a lot to do <laughs> with, you know, your acceptance. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. It, the, the type of people that you allow in your space is, I think people have to be more mindful of that. Okay. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, it's important to be around people who are positive and people who speak life into you, not people who's going to suck you dry and just, you know, just criticize every single little thing that you do and just make you feel absolutely horrible about yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have to really be mindful of the friends that you keep. And sometimes I always say that sometimes people are not, you know, they don't really have, they do things unintentionally. But sometimes people are very intentional with the things that they say and they do. Yes. Especially there are a lot of people who say they're your friends, but really they're not. You know, they are not your friends. And they know what which buttons to press on you to get a rise out of you. Mm-hmm. Or they know the they know your trigger points. So they will say things to you that just make you feel like crap. And they will constantly do this to you. And you know, uh, I think I watched this film once. It was called what's it called? Duff? designated ugly fat friend <laughs> so, oh. so you know you always have the pretty skinny girl and then mm-hmm. the other girl who's not really fat she's not ugly either yeah but because in, in comparison to the other girl who's skinny and tall and beautiful mm-hmm. um, you know the next one just fails in comparison and she's always reminded of that yeah so I, as I said I think I think it is very important for us to be intentional when we are selecting our friends. Mm-hmm. We have Absolutely to be. Agree. Yes. And on the third level, social media, because let me tell you, <laughs> you go on social media every day and you see these versions of women. You're just, 
there you you sit there I do it I do it sometimes where I go and I I see these girls and I'm like oh my god look at her body and then I I I stand and I look in the mirror yeah and I just start I start comparing myself I'm like oh my I have such really small boobs my ass looks like you know like some A4 paper it's just like an extended back it's I have no ass and uh, And and uh, and I look at my face and I'm like, why is my skin not as you know clear as these girls? Yeah. Why can't I find the right kind of makeup? Why why is my skin so textured? Why I have all these pimples? Why this? Why that? And then I start seeking out ways how to make this better mm-hmm. because I want to look like some of these girls on social media. Yeah. And uh, and I have to like. You know, sometimes I have to think, okay, this, these, these are just filters. Tiffany, these are just filters. Yes. It's not real. It isn't real. Okay, sometimes some girls might have really nice skin, but not everyone. Mm-hmm. And you just have to learn to be okay with how you look. Learn to be okay with yourself. Yeah. So all three, all three can come together and create a lack of self-acceptance and a lack of self-love in women. Mm-hmm. I love how you put it at the hierarchy, though, when it comes like family, friends, and social media. One, yes. definitely three big categories that affect mm-hmm. our, in a sense, our self-esteem. But yes. to see when you really think about like, it really does stem from family first, especially if you don't have family telling you the right things. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of our problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of our problems uh, stems from our families, from our interaction with our family members. Because, you know, these are our first role models. Mm-hmm. It's who you start looking up to from the beginning. And so if they don't instill certain values in us and if they don't affirm certain things in us from a very young age, because before you get to the age of eight, yeah, uh, you don't really have an identity. When you come to eight, the age of eight, you start understanding the self, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the things that we're told then we tend to carry that around for the rest of our lives. I, yeah. I read a book recently called The Four Agreements uh, by, is it Don Miguel Ruiz? Um, I don't exactly remember all the parts of it, but there was this part that he spoke about um, that he said that, you know, we like to, we, we agree when people tell us bad things about us, we kind of like unconsciously agree with them mm-hmm. and take it as our truth. So for a mom who might say to a daughter, maybe because the mom is annoyed or she, she's tired, she com- comes, home, comes home from work tired and the daughter's there singing and she'll tell her, shut up, you know, you sound horrible mm-hmm. because it's coming from the mother. The daughter will just agree unconsciously with the mother that, yes, I do. I sound horrible and will just carry that through for the rest of her life, always yeah. thinking that she sounds horrible. And, and so she suppresses that side of her mm-hmm. because her mother told her that and I found that so interesting I'm like yes you know what this is true so many times we things that people say about we don't question if it's true or not mm-hmm. we just take it as gospel and run with it you know and, and we allow it to become our truth yes mm-hmm. I love I, I actually never knew um when you mentioned we don't really have an identity or figure our identity till the age of eight that's actually really interesting. I never knew that. Yes. So, but yeah, you 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 don't really have a sense of self, yeah. then, so to speak, until you get to about the age of eight, nine, 
that's when you start understanding, you know, self. Mm-hmm. Of course, kids start discovering, you know, the, I, I think what, at three, they'll start looking in the mirror, understanding it's another person, but they don't really have that concrete understanding there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got you. Oh, again, I always say this, but dropping gems, dropping <laughs> gems. <laughs> so now I'm going to get a little bit personal. And I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, can you talk about how the lack of self-acceptance impacted your life? And where did it stem from? Of course. So <laughs> mine stemmed from my childhood. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's my childhood. Um, and it, it just it created that foundation for a lot of problems throughout my life. Um, so just a little backstory. At the age of four, I, I went blind. Oh. No one knew why. So I went blind in my right eye. Mm-hmm. And before I was blind, um, I had two different, well, I still do have two different eye colors, which is a condition called heterochromia. Yeah. So went blind at four. Uh, now the eye is not being in use. So it became misaligned, which is strabismus. So it deviates more to the right. And then after that, I don't know what happened, but my cornea got damaged. So if you if you were to meet me in person and look at it, it will mm-hmm. seem as if there are like little scribbles on my cornea. Oh. Uh, you know, I like saying that God wrote his love there. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> because it really do like, I look at it sometimes and it really looks like someone would take a pen mm-hmm. and, and it's like little writings there, but I can't figure out what it is. But yeah. anyway, I digress. Um <laughs> So I was blind and I, I got blind and at that primary level in school, children are horrible, mm-hmm. very horrible. So I got teased a lot. Um, and also the adults who were around me at the time, not my family members, because, you know, they were very compassionate towards me. Yeah. But there were there are other adults around who are like family friends. And so they would always make these comparisons between me and my sister and they will always say that, oh, your sister is more beautiful than you are. Thank God you're smart. So wow. I started, I really started to dislike my sister. Because every time I looked at her, I could see that she was much prettier than I am. Mm-hmm. She had no imperfections on her face. No, nothing. Apart, she only had asthma. Nothing else was wrong with her. And yeah. so I... I I became jealous of her. I started, you know, really despising her. And I I got, you know, this is through years of growing up. I remember at one point I was very angry at God. I I didn't even, I decided to not have a relationship with him. And, you know, you have Jamaican parents. You know how important mm-hmm. being religious is here. <laughs> how important it is about the church and all of those things. So, Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So imagine my my very Christian family horror when I tell them I don't want to go to church anymore. I mm-hmm. hate God <laughs> because if God loved me as you guys say, then He would have never made me like this. He would have never put my flaw right in front of you know in my face for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. And um, because everyone always compared me to my sister and say that you know I'm lucky that I'm smart. It was the only good thing that came from it. I started to build on that. I'm like, okay, if you're not going to accept me, you know, saying I look pretty, 
and you just want to focus on me being smart, then I'm going to do my best at this. I'm going to be very smart. Mm-hmm. So I, I buried myself in book work. Um, I, I graduated high school super young. I, I did all the things, you know, like I just wanted, I wanted that validation from, from everyone. Yeah. And uh, so I, I did all these things. And to be honest, looking back at it now, I was never happy. Mm-hmm. I was never happy. I was jealous of a lot of people, especially if they looked pretty. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hated their guts. I did not <laughs> like them because for me, I would just, every time I'd see a girl who's prettier than me, mm-hmm. I would go into the bathroom and then I look at myself and I would just, I really, I really, I hated myself. I was disgusted with myself and I wanted so badly to change how I look, you know, um, after I left high school, I I started seeking out avenues how to change my eye, like what could be done about my eye. Yeah. And you know, started getting interested in the opposite sex now. I, I felt really like inadequate, you know, because I was like, oh, they're not gonna love me the same because of how I look. They're always going to just look at me and see how disgusting my eye is. And um <laughs> sorry. No. Really no worries, take your time. Yeah, so uh, it's um like I remember one time there was this guy that I really liked and uh, and he told me he's like you know you're you're pretty and whatnot but I could never look beyond your eye because it's just always there you know it's just mm-hmm. always in my face and that shattered me that shattered my self esteem completely I started wearing my hair a particular way because mm-hmm. I wanted to hide this flaw. Um, I I got into relationships that they I knew they weren't good for me. Yeah. But because I wanted that love, I wanted that acceptance, I got into them and I stayed. Even when the, the guy was treating me like absolute rubbish. Mm-hmm. I made up all these reasons in my head as to why he could be doing this or why he was doing what he was doing. Because I wanted to stay because I just wanted somebody to love me. I, even if, you know... Sometimes I'd know it's a lie when they say, oh, you're, be- you know, your eyes fine. But I'm like, okay. And I'd make up all these excuses in my head. Yeah. Um, just to stay. And so from all of that, as I said, I, I was jealous of a lot of people. I, I was even jealous of my own sister. Mm-hmm. I hated myself. I had very, very low self-esteem. I didn't. I don't, you know, I don't really take a lot of photos because for me, I'm like, every time I take a photo, I could just see it there. I could see how my eye looks and I really hate seeing how my eye looks. Yeah. And um, as I said, my family was very supportive. They're Mm -hmm. very compassionate towards me with it. You know, my mom tried her best to tell me that, you know, it's not your fault. You know, it's it's just life. It's just it's biology. Sometimes things happen and you can't blame yourself. You can't blame God. Of course, she couldn't tell me that at the time. I blame God. Yeah, for because, right. <laughs> because you are in control of how I look. So why? why they say you... God makes us in his image. So why did you give me this image? Why did you? You know, right? And mm-hmm. I, I looked at my siblings and they all they all looked fine. They had no kind of flaw whatsoever. Well, no visible flaw. Yeah. And um, and so I just really thought that there was something wrong with me. And then a lot more things started to happen the older I got. 
um, I wasn't, I did, I couldn't really, as I said, I couldn't really keep a relationship because I kept on looking for acceptance here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost a child. Uh, well, that wasn't really a big thing to me, but it happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I started thinking that I was being punished. And I was like, okay, all it's like I can't have anything. It's like, what do you want from me, God? You know, I can't have anything at all. You're not giving me any kind of happiness. Yeah, you're just taking everything from me. You give me, and then you take it away from me. Like, what are you playing at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these are these are the conversations that that I had a lot. Yeah, um, growing up and. Um, so yeah, I wasn't in a good place. I was never in a good place back then. Ooh, I like I really just took your story to heart right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's now I'm at a place where I understand that things happen. You know, it's uh, and it happens for a reason. Yes. During the moment when it happens, you might not understand nor see the reason, but it's for a reason. And so that's how I've just been going through my life now. Yeah. Understand. It's, it's for a reason. Oh my gosh. Actually, I, I definitely agree, agree with you for that. Cause maybe you're being, you're, you probably have that because it's to teach people to send a message. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. A few years ago. No, no. We're working our way to it. Yeah. It's a yeah. work in progress. <laughs> absolutely and I think that's what some people need don't actually remember or need to realize obviously like it hurts now and it affects you now but there's always going to be the older you get the more again you start to accept it the more you mature with it and then you realize everything has its purpose everything has its reason exactly yeah. yes it's just it takes it just takes that time you have to allow exactly. that time you just have, have you have to be uncomfortable to get comfortable yep Yes. prime example right there exactly so in relation to that then what inspired you to shift your mindset and start accepting and how i like how you also pronounce it, like your visible flaw and most mm-hmm. importantly yourself as a whole well it, because i i wanted to stop feeling sorry for myself it wasn't a good look you know i <laughs> I have this victim thing going on, this whole victim mentality thing going on where I was like, oh, nobody loves me because of how I look. Mm-hmm. All these bad things are happening to me, yada, yada, yada. And one day I woke up and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm I'm continuing this god-awful trend. I'm on this, you know, this, this freaking wheel yeah. Every day waking up feeling sorry for myself and just wallowing in self-pity. And it's not creating any kind of change. It's just making me feel horrible. Mm-hmm. And um, so for a while I was I was depressed. Well, I was diagnosed with, with bipolar disorder. I was 18, 18, 19. Yeah. And before that, I I was depressed for years because of as I said, there were a lot of things that there's a lot of family trauma. Mm-hmm. And it um, unfortunately it manifested in depression within me, and yeah. um, so I had that to work through as well. And <laughs> sorry, no worries. Um, so I I had I had that to work through during those times, 
and I, I really wanted to get better. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel sorry for myself anymore because, and I also felt that people are getting tired of hearing, you know, me talking about, oh, my eye, this, my eye, that. Oh, nobody loves me truly. Nobody this, nobody that. And I'm like, okay, girl, you have to learn to love yourself. You gotta, you gotta pull yourself up and and just accept what is, mm-hmm. and just live your life to the fullest. But what really created that uh, shift in mindset for me was the. So as I said, I was very depressed, and I I had actually tried taking my life. Five times. Oh, my so, gosh. So the fifth time when I tried, it was my brother, my, my little brother who found me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I woke up in the hospital after them having to pump my stomach and all of these things, and my aunt was there crying, and she was like, you know, we really love you. Like, why you keep doing this? Why why?" I didn't know how to explain to her at the time that, you know, I just, I didn't want to be here anymore. I I know it sounds selfish, but I have this void inside of me, this very painful void that I just, I didn't want to continue going life with that pain. Yeah. And I just wanted to be gone because I didn't, at the time I never felt as if I had any purpose. I wasn't here for anything. I was just taking up space. And mm. she told me that my brother found me. She's like, you know, your brother is the one who found you. And he was crying when he called me because you were like unconscious and stuff. And that for me, like being in the hospital and then my brothers, well, the one who found me and another when they came there to see me and they're all crying and they're like, why, you know, why are you doing this? Why, you know, we love you and we really need you. And that that was it for me. And then also being in there and seeing people who were in just very worse condition than I was in. Yeah. They were full blown crazy. And I was like, holy shit. Here I am. Like, you know, my my problems that aren't really problems. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. making like a mountain out of a molehill all the time. And there, here are people in the world who are way worse than I am. And they're going through life. And so I I decided there. And I was like, you know what? I just have to accept who I am. I know that I am not perfect. There mm-hmm. are a lot of parts to me that are just, you know, it needs to stay. I, well, I need to accept it. But just know that, all right, this is what it is. I got to live with it. Yeah, I have to live with it. You know, that was kind of and like your wake up call kind of thing. Yes, that that was it. I didn't, as I said, I didn't want to continue wallowing in self pity, and I I didn't want to hurt my brothers anymore. Mm-hmm. I I love my brothers very much. Alrighty, so you were telling us we're talking about it being a wake up call for you. Mhm. Mhm. Right. So you know, as I said, it's um. It was just a thought of my brother finding me there, being unconscious. Yeah. And also the fact that I didn't I didn't want to wallow in self-pity anymore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't serving me. It wasn't creating any form of change in my life, except it was just making me more depressed. Yes. So I I had to make the change. I had to accept that I can't change what happened to my eyes 
I can't, I couldn't change what happened, you know, all the things that happened in my family, all the other things that had happened to me. Mm-hmm. It happened for a reason. Now I know it, it just happened for me to be in a, a place where I'm able to help people. Because I don't yeah. think if any of those things didn't happen to me, I would have been able to, you know, to help anyone now. Absolutely. You kind of have to have your own stories and trial and tribulation to really be able to speak on it firsthand. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so now when I get clients and they they come to me about certain issues, I can relate to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know exactly where they're coming from. I don't know how they're feeling because feelings are subjective. Yes. But I know where they're coming from. You're still able, able to somehow put yourself in their shoes. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. I am. Oh, tell your story. Oh, I felt myself want to cry. I'm like, I'm gonna hold this real quick. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. no, that trust me. That's a that's a good thing. Like I felt like your story and your emotion and to be like, this is more common than people think it is. But these are the things mm-hmm. again, these are the conversations you don't always hear about. Yes. So to have someone like you actually come on and be so open and vulnerable with this, I'm just, just taken aback right now. (laughs) Well, I hope it can help, you know, someone out there who's listening to your podcast and just know that no matter what it is that you're going through now, there's, and I know it sounds very cliche, Mm -hmm. but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Trust me, there is. Well, that actually kind of goes into my next question as you're saying this, because I was about to ask you, what advice would you give to a young girl listening today, trying to start her own journey to self-acceptance? Do the internal work. Yeah. You know, as I said, I know it, it's hard. It can get very uncomfortable, especially when you start realizing certain traits within yourself that are like, you know, toxic, because none of us like to admit to ourselves that that we have toxic traits or, or we're toxic for other people. We like saying other people are toxic. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's us. Um, and it's important to sit with yourself, get to know yourself, yeah. every single part of you, even the parts that are toxic, because then maybe you'll be able to work on it. So if you have a flaw, accept it. If you've had some failures, embrace it for what it was and shift your perspective. Mm-hmm. think of your failures as life lessons that molded you to be better in life forgive yourself as well as others and and i'm going to stress this because this is very important mm-hmm. a lot of us walk around with so much anger so much pain so much grief so much hate inside of us because yeah. of what other people have done to us and what we've done to ourselves as well and we just we can't come to this place where we where we can forgive but forgiveness is very important it's so cathartic you I don't know if you've ever been in a a situation where you had to forgive someone and the moment you did it's like a weight just lifted off your shoulders Mm -hmm. it's very important so sometimes the people closest to us they're unaware of the damage that their words or their actions create but it's not your fault it's important for you to remember that it's not your fault you know, that's just their reality. They're, they are displacing their anger on you and they're also projecting onto you. They're projecting their own insecurities onto you. It has nothing to do with you. Mm-mm. So 
by forgiving them and by forgiving yourself, you're affirming that you're ready to move on with a clean heart and with a clean conscience. And as I said, I understand that it will be difficult to accept all the negative aspects of yourself. Yeah. However, by, by truly accepting yourself, your process of creating meaningful self-improvement will begin. It, it will be somewhat easier, not completely, somewhat easier. Somewhat. <laughs> yes. somewhat. No, that's the, that's the real deal right there where everyone thinks the minute I'm going to start it, I'm going to be in tip-top shape, 100%. Mm-hmm. They don't realize it's work, it's journey, it does take time. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's very hard work. It's very uncomfortable work. It's very painful work. Yeah, very painful work. I had to face some of my own demons, some things that I created in my own life. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the beginning, I used to blame other people. But when I started going to therapy, and I started very young, <laughs> but yeah. you know, now when I'm an adult, I'm like, I have to go back to therapy because I realized there were certain patterns playing out in my life again. I was like, hold on now. Something's not right here. Mm-hmm. This is something that I need to address. And by going to therapy and and um, talking about certain things, I realized that oh my god, it's it was never the other person. It was me this whole time. Mm-hmm. I was doing these things. It's either I didn't have proper boundaries. Yeah, you know where I just allowed any every any and everyone to come in and do what they want. And or I encourage them to do what they want with me, or I go out and I would seek people with really horrible behavior that I know it does not align with me. Yeah. But because I wanted to fit in so badly, I wanted people to love me so badly. I had, you know, I'd just seek out their company. So just being like, so yes, I, to everyone. Exactly. I was people pleasing a lot, a lot. <laughs> Trust, I've been guilty of that. I was a doormat. Mm -hmm. No matter what you say to me, okay. Yeah. No, no. And I, yeah, I wouldn't talk back. No, nothing. I just go with the flow, you know? Mm -hmm. Because in my head, I was like, if I do this, they will love me. They will accept me. Yeah. So. Oh, that's. So that's that's what I would give an advice I'd give to them. That last part hit really hard. (laughs) because <laughs> I can say I'm 100% guilty of that being that yes man being that and it sounds like how you said the doormat you mm-hmm. can say anything that would face me and I would always be by your side always be there for you yeah and and you 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 think it's a good trait because I'm being loyal I'm I'm loyal to this person you know yep. a lot of you people don't have any loyalty look at me I'm just loyal no no you're not you need to stop it <laughs> There's there's a point where it becomes yeah. loyalty or in them just using you. Exactly. And yeah. I and I it took me a while to learn that. But then I learned. Mm-hmm. I learned the hard way. <laughs> but I am still grateful for the lesson. <laughs> Absolutely. Because that's what in a sense that's what made you at the end of the day. If it wasn't for exactly. that again, you wouldn't know better now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Ooh. Now I want to know, when did you reach that point of full acceptance? Or are you still working towards it? I'm still working towards it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am nowhere near full. (laughs) I am nowhere near full acceptance. Because you know what? There are still days when I look in the mirror. Yeah. And I still don't like what's looking back at me. Mm -hmm. There are still days when I still compare myself to other women. 
I say I'm not pretty enough or I'm still too skinny and uh, or oh I need a bigger ass or I need some bigger boobs oh I need a smaller nose I you know all these mm -hmm. things are oh I, I I need to have clearer skin you know just little things like this or I remember once I was like I wish I was like a cool girl you know I wish I was that type of girl who could just be friendly with everybody and everybody will just come to me and want to be yeah. my friend and then I was like wait why do I want to why I don't want to be that person <laughs> I don't want to be that okay I've, I've been called out a lot of times from people they're like yo you know you have RBF I'm like, it's all right it just let people know that I'm not really open to everyone that's mm -hmm. fine yeah, I don't really care because <laughs> you can't you can't be open to everybody. And I am I am right. a very friendly person. Um, you know, like a quick joke. There is there's this girl now. She's a very good friend of mine. But I remember in the beginning when we met at work, we hated each other. <laughs> well, she hated. She took one look at me and she just hated me. Yeah. And they um they they tried to pair us up for me to work with her and I was like so like I was like no I don't want to work with this girl you know I just don't like her you're like why don't you I'm like I don't know I don't like her I don't like just her face a vibe <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know I don't like her aura I just I I don't I don't like this girl my spirit and she was the her. same with me <laughs> <laughs> exactly my spirit don't take like yeah my spirit does it right. If you're Jamaican, guys, you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Spirit just don't right. And so we carried on like this for a long time, just not liking each other. Mm -hmm. We never talked to each other. We never even said good morning or good afternoon to each other. And then wow. she, she, had, she was pregnant, so she had a baby shower. Mm -hmm. And they invited they invited the entire staff, so of course I had to go. Yeah, and I was like, "All right, let me buy something real nice uh, for her baby." <laughs> so I I bought something really nice and I went, and she was like, "You know, thank you so much. You're so grateful for it." And I don't know. We ended up talking, and then after that, when she went off on maternity leave, and then she had her baby, and mm -hmm. she said, "You know, she wanted all the staff members to come." see the baby and they were like you know Tiffany you have to come too and I'm like why she don't <laughs> like me <laughs> and they're like no uh, she actually asked for you to come specifically I'm like okay and I went and I saw her baby I was like your baby's really cute and after that we just I don't know we just started talking we realized that we had so much in common wow yeah and yeah and now we are we are such good friends to the point where she calls my aunties auntie like she goes and she hangs out with my aunts all the time um wow. she'll call she'll call me up she's be like yo what's going on what you doing yeah yeah it's just such love and then the other day i saw this meme on instagram i think it was just like with baby yoda and it's like you know all all true friendship starts here where the other person says you know, I didn't like when I first met you, I didn't like you. And I sent it to her. I'm like, you remember this? This is us. <laughs> we hated each other for no apparent reason. Oh no reason gosh. whatsoever. So I find these kind of stories the most hilarious because like it's the biggest plot twist. And then when you really sit down and ask, so why didn't you like me? Or why didn't you like this person? No one ever has a straight answer. Exactly. There's nothing. I, I, you know what? I asked her. 
once I asked, I said, why didn't you like me? And she said, you know what? Because the first day you came to work, you were just acting like you were the shit. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's, like, yeah. She's like, yeah, you, you came in. You were not, you weren't talking to anyone. You just said it. I'm like, girl, I have social anxiety. What you talking about? <laughs> this is why. She's like, really? And I was like, yes. Had you asked me, you would have known that this is why I don't really talk to anyone when I first meet. And um, and so I say this to a lot of people. I'm like, I look mean, but the moment you say hi to me, it's the biggest smile you'll ever get. Yeah, I'm such a sweet, nice person. You know, <laughs> I'm. <laughs> you have to really rub me the wrong way mm-hmm. to like to get a very negative reaction from me. Yes. But otherwise, no, I'm so I'm I'm chill and I'm, I'm calm. I don't really let anything bother me too much. Yeah, I always so, just tell people I'm like I'm the quietest person you've pro- you will probably meet. But it's the same thing like mm-hmm. you. Once you actually say hi to me, because like, I'm not the kind of person to really go and say hi to someone. Exactly. Um, <laughs> me. So if you come to me and say hi, then I'm like, oh hey, and we'll go. You're not an introvert. I'm like you'd be surprised. I am. And yes, I really <laughs> don't like big crowds. I w- I will. I love talking to you if we have a good vibe. Or if I've known mm-hmm. you for a long time. Other than that, I'm just to myself in my corner. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will stay in my corner. I will stay. My 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 husband tends to cuss me out about it because we'll be in the house and it's like sometimes I forget that you live here. Oh, you know, you're gosh. you're always in the bedroom all the time. I I don't know that you're here and you're so quiet. And I'm like, <laughs> It's like, well, then why you can't come out in the living room and just watch some TV with me? Like, because I feel more comfortable in the bedroom. Right? This is why? Yeah, I like staying inside here. <laughs> I always I have like to like warn bed. people. I'm like, I'm not a clingy person, so do yeah. not take offense if I'm not like up under you 24 seven, ringing down your phone right. or whatever. I'm like, I'm still here. Right. I still care. The love is there, <laughs> but I enjoy my space exactly i really really and en- i enjoy being alone where, to the point where i think it's very dangerous right? because, oh my god if you go <laughs> yeah if you go don't feel like i'm gonna be like why you just come back no Mm-mm. I'm like, I'm like, okay. yeah i'll be in my bedroom back. you know <laughs> i'll be in my room watching tv or, or something on my my laptop or just doing some work or something See, I'm glad someone else understands this, but I think this is very dangerous that I'm not the only one like this. It's <laughs> about that balance. <laughs> yeah, it's important. <laughs> well, you know, you inspire me because you, at least you got a husband out of it and everything. So I feel inspired. That person will <laughs> understand. You know, I with my husband, it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's a struggle because we're both, you know, very anxious people when it comes to talking to other people, but I shine more than him. Like I always take the lead in talking. Um, but yeah, he cusses me out a lot. Why you always, why you always locked up? You always locked up in your bedroom every single day. I, I don't know where you are. I'm like, come watch some films with me, but nope, you rather stay in your bedroom. Like, why don't we watch the films in here? Yeah, but he doesn't. He likes he likes the living room. So I'm like, you know what? The living room is yours to keep. The right? bedroom is mine. 
And <laughs> actually, the other night, he, he lifted me up and he took me to the living room. He's like, I'm going to condition you to stay in the living room. And I'm like, you know what? They've been trying for you. No one has ever succeeded. So good luck to you. I, I'm never leaving the bedroom. And, <laughs> and he, he thought I was joking. It's like, I kid you not. Call my mother. Call my aunties. They will tell you. Ever oh since God. I was a little girl. I just enjoy being in my bedroom. I don't know why. I just, I feel like it's just safe. So I like, I yep. like staying in there. Yeah. And oh. I have all my blankets and stuff. I have a yes. blanket problem. So. Me too. <laughs> it's actually a very, ter like I always tell people blankets and stationary. This is such a sidetrack, but like blankets and stationary items are like my guilty pleasure. Show mm -hmm. me a good looking, like comfortable, soft blanket that I can wrap up yes. on the couch with. Sold. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like people yes. understand it is cold in Toronto. Like at least I'll go with, you know, 70% of the time. Mm -hmm. I want that blanket for when I'm out here watching my good TV, just wrap up mm -hmm. my nice tea. I am, I am very old at heart. But I'm you know what? On that couch with the blanket and tea. Just watch my shows. You have a, you have a, a like, a, an excuse to have the blanket. Well, it's a requirement for you because it's cold there. Right. Jamaica is hot. So <laughs> whenever anyone comes to my house, you're like, why do you have so many blankets? I don't know. I have a blanket problem. All right. I go out. I see one. It looks comfy. I buy it. My, my co-host on my podcast, who's actually my cousin, there was one episode where I told her that I bought a new blanket and she's like, Again, so I'm like, yes, I saw it, I liked it, I bought it. She's like, What are you doing with the blanket? It's so hot in Jamaica. And I'm like, Because I just like being comfortable, and Thank blankets you. make me comfortable. And when, when you know, the fan is on, because I hate the fan, I hate AC. Yes. Uh, but because it's so hot, so my husband sleeps with them on, mm -hmm. I just like being wrapped up and, you know, like I like being kept warm. Yep. I just love it. So mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. <laughs> this makes me so happy. There's someone who understands me. <laughs> Thank you. We have to start a blanket group. Like, yes. anonymous. The blanket <laughs> and and Fran Jesher were sold. Solid. Exactly. Yes. There you go. <laughs> the best ever. <laughs> I love it. So my next question for you is, as an mm -hmm. outsider, what can be done to help young girls learn to accept and love themselves? Well, I'll say on every level of socialization, people need to create teaching moments, you know, through what they say and what they do. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember to teach young girls the importance of accepting themselves and what can happen if, if they don't. We need to stress that they, they shouldn't feel guilty about loving themselves because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people do. Some people think that self-love is selfish yeah, and it's not, it's not, it's actually a very selfless act. It's a selfless act to yourself. You need to learn to be selfless to yourself. Mm -hmm. And they also feel that, you know, by feeling good or loving yourself is arrogant, but it's not. So if you're helping someone who's guilty about self-love, you have to emphasize that there's nothing wrong with having a positive self-image. Yes. You know, explain that healthy self-love involves recognizing your strengths, accepting your weaknesses, being proud of your, your achievements, no matter how small it is. Mm -hmm. I like to say progress is progress. 
Absolutely. You know? And every achievement needs to be celebrated. So we we also, <clears throat> excuse me, to teach them, we also need to help them distinguish healthy self-love uh, from boasting about accomplishments to make others feel bad. You know, some people associate self-love with that because you're always like bragging in, in someone's face. I did this, I did that. No, mm-hmm. no, no. That's actually a sign of low self-esteem, right? Um, so we also, again, when I said before that we need to teach them by doing, we have to model body positivity, you know, teach young girls to be comfortable in their own skin, with their weight, with their looks. I know sometimes uh, people are, and well, I don't do it because I'm super skinny, but I have friends who they ask, like, do these jeans make me look fat or you know, talk about their relationship with food. Oh, I can't eat this because it will make me fat or you know, things like that. Yeah. And if, if there is a child around, they will pick up on this and children live what they learn and yes. they will replicate your behavior. Um, so you have to be mindful of the things that you say around children because they are listening. Absolutely. You mean. Yep. They are listening. Yes. I have a, well, just a little, I'm going to sidetrack here a bit. I have mm. a cousin. And she's five years old. And she is one of those kids who are super smart. You know, this generation of kids, they're a different breed. Yeah. I don't oh, know yeah. why. <laughs> I don't know how come they're so smart. Um, but one day we were, she came over to spend some time with me. And we were just there talking because she, oh, she asked me all these grown-up questions. And then she said to me, she's like, when I grow up, I really want to be white like uncle lucas because my husband's white she's Mm -hmm. like i want to be white like uncle lucas so i'm like why do you want to be white and she said well because white girls have more fun than black girls so i'm like what where did you get this at five years old so i'm like where did you get this from and she's like well because whenever i watch the uh, the videos on youtube you know like they, they always pick the white girls and and they always just seem happier than the black kids well you know Mm hmm and I had to sit her down and have a really long talk with her. And for the first half hour, I could not convince this child that she was black. She told me she's brown. She's like, no, I'm brown. Yeah. Um, I was like, so what color is your mom? She's like, she's brown too. I'm like, listen, your mom is as black as a ace of spade. Your, <laughs> mother, <laughs> your mother will tell you this. So I asked her, I was like, so what color am I? And she's like, well, you're like, almost white i'm like no i'm black she's like no you're not black <laughs> because i am brown so to her yeah she, she thinks that i'm you know I'm, I'm not black and she's like you're not black you're almost white and so i was like okay so what is uncle lucas and she's like well uncle lucas is very white he's white white and that's how i want to be when i grow up and oh. i was like no no you can have fun no matter what color you are. Exactly. And you have to learn to love yourself. You have to love your skin. I said, you're a beautiful black girl. Mm-hmm. You are very beautiful. You're very smart. I want you to look in the mirror every day and just tell yourself that you're beautiful. And remember that you're beautiful. Yes. You always have to remember this. And as I said, for the first half hour, it was very difficult because she was adamant that she was not black. Mm-hmm. And that she's going to be very white when she gets older. But in the end, you know, I, I got through to her. So now every time I see her, I'm like, how are you doing today? She's like, I'm fine. I'm like, are you feeling happy with your skin? Yes, I'm black and I'm gorgeous. I'm like, there we go. Oh, You're black and you're gorgeous. I love that. 
<laughs> yeah, but it, uh, I'm telling you, she really, really shocked me. Yeah. She really shocked me. And but it I, shows and you I, what the media, it's, but the media puts out there, social media, the news, anything, mm -hmm. entertainment. This is what they're perpetuating on young black girls. That you yes. need to look like this. Like you have to look like Shensia or lighter mm -hmm. to be better. You can't look like Spice. It won't be the Ex same for you. It as won't an example. be the same. But, the yeah. end, but it's so true because here in Jamaica, and I talk about that a lot. And of course, some people like to disagree with me about it. But all right, so we don't have racism here because the country is predominantly black. Mm -hmm. But there is colorism here. Yep. And I, I will never deny that I some I go to certain places and I get better treatment than if my sister were to come there with mm -hmm. me. My sister is way darker than I am. Yeah. People, people, well, they know we're related because we look alike. But then when I say we're sisters, I know you're not because you're so much lighter than your sister. I'm like, we're same parents. Mm -hmm. She's just, she so happens to be darker than I am. Yeah. But we're same parents. Um, and yes. In, and in the case of my, my baby cousin, the things that she watches on YouTube are like kitty stuff. Mm -hmm. I had to watch the videos that she was watching. And there was this one video where they were talking about teacher's pet. This was like a little baby song about teacher's pet, teacher's pet. And the girl that they chose was a little white, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed little girl. Mm -hmm. And they chose her all the time and they never chose the black girl with the the kinky hair yeah and so that was it that was it for my cousin she thought that you know if you're white then people will choose you and you have more fun yep <laughs> it's so i'm laughing but it's so sad when you think about it it's, it's that's a fine um like a fine perfect example of representation matters mm-hmm Yes. In all yes. aspects of life, representation matters, especially now because kids are so tech savvy and everything is mm -hmm. YouTube and Instagram, and especially with mm -hmm. Corona, at least for here in Toronto, Ontario, like everything's online. Yeah. So you need that representation. So when they see and they go online and they search these things, they need to see people that look like them, but not only mm -hmm. look like them, but people who have a positive representation of them. Yes, that's true. She mm -hmm. didn't even want a black doll. She she came to me one day. She was asking me to buy her this, I think it's called Baby Alive doll, some, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, let me buy you a nice black Barbie. She's like, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> I don't yeah. want no and I showed her one with uh, like curly hair and she was wearing a striped dress and she's a bit plump. She's mm -hmm. like, I don't want this doll. I said, Why don't you want this doll? Well, this girl is fat. She's like, what? What do you understand that five of the people being fat and what have you not? It's like, exactly. listen, this is a perfectly good doll. This doll is beautiful. And, and of course, we had to talk about that again. And uh, she, I, I'm telling you, the things that she comes up with, it's, it blows my mind sometimes. Oh my and I, I, so I tell her mom, I tell her mom, I'm like, be careful yes. of the things that you say to her. Yeah. Or that you say to people when she's around. Because she picks up on everything. 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 Like you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. Don't don't say anything that's going to shatter her, her self-esteem. Yep. You know. She she had this problem because she she's a she was a bit chunky. And so people would always like touch her and be like, Oh, you're so fat and whatever. And and so she she I remember she told her mom that she didn't
All right, you guys, sorry about that little connection problems, but you were talking about, in a sense, your little cousin. And when people talk about, oh, like when they always talk about like your weight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, she, she started internalizing it, you know, cause she was like, you know, everybody's always telling me that I'm chubby or that I'm fat. And her mom had to talk to her about it and tell her that, you know, don't listen to what other people say. You're a little girl. Look whatever way you want to look. Mm-hmm. And so now when anyone says, oh, come here, you're so fat. She's like, I'm not fat. I'm Peyton. That's my name. My name is not fat. It's Peyton. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> like you better get so, it correct. Exactly. No, I'm not fat. I'm Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, she's, she surprises me every day. I, I tell her mom all the time, I'm like, I can't wait to see the girl the young lady she's gonna grow up to be yes i i know she's not going to take anyone's crap no she's not gonna take it no Mm -mm. she's not if she continues on this path you know and then her mom's doing such a great job with her um the entire family as well because you know now we realize the error in our ways from before yes so there is this collective shift you know, in our mindset and, and we're now being more intentional about the things that we say and what we do, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the, the kids, you know, the grandkids or the little cousins or nieces and nephews. Yeah. And yeah, and it's I like I like it. It's I like seeing it. Oh, I love that. I love how you kind of help. Well, not kind of you really helped shift that mindset. Because it has to start from young before she gets old and old enough to the point where she doesn't care about mm-hmm. who she actually is. There's going to be this facade, mm-hmm. this alter ego that's not going to be healthy for her. That's yeah, exactly. Mm. I try. I try. You know, I I'm. I'd like to say I'm a very strong woman. I know it's you know that that trope needs to be done away with about strong black woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to say I'm a strong black woman. Absolutely. And I want to see that. I want to see that in my nieces and in my little cousins. I don't have any kids of my own, but if I should ever have a daughter, mm-hmm. of course, she's going to be, you know, I I speak up whenever yes. I have to. Because for a long time, I never used to. Yeah. I allowed people to silence me. And that's something I instill in my nieces and in my baby cousin. I tell them. Kind of break that generational curse. Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. if someone's doing something that you don't like, if you feel that it's not justified, you talk about it. You let them know that you don't feel good about it. You know, it makes you uncomfortable. Don't don't let anyone walk over you because I remember what it was like for me. Absolutely. Don't ever let anyone walk over you. Oh, oh, my gosh. This is we need more of that. We need more of that. (laughs) But that kind of goes into my next question for you with regards to what is that one piece of advice or token of inspiration that you want young girls to remember after listening to this episode? Well, I'd want for them to remember to just be true to you. Mm -hmm. You People will come along and they'll try to tell you who you are or what you're about. They don't know anything. You have been with yourself forever and you know you better than anyone else. So if you do the internal work, 
if you have a full understanding of who you are, mm-hmm. you can't be compromised. No one can ever tell you anything to compromise you. Yeah. Or to make you shift, you know, as they like to say, act out of pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah, I, that's what I would say. I hope they take that from this podcast episode. Absolutely. I, I hope, ladies and understanding men listening, I hope that you really are like taken in this episode. You're taking the notes. You're really making sure this information registers. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm sure they will. I hope so. Girl, you've been talking gems <laughs> today. Gems. <laughs> These gems are coming all the way from Jamaica. You're welcome. <laughs> international gems people (laughs) what now my final question for you and this is always oh it hurts because this i know we're coming to the end of the episode but this is also one of my favorite questions Mm -hmm. what does it mean to be unapologetically tiffany ah well i always love that response (laughs) (laughs) it was like a loaded question eh (laughs) You have to think about who you are. Well, it means staying true to who I am. You know, my flaws, my imperfections, my bad behavior, all the toxic traits, everything. Mm -hmm. I stay true to those things. You know, I I will speak up in places and on issues where it's expected of me to be silent. I'll let them know, no, I'm I'm not going to be silent. I will do what's right at all times. Even if it means losing a few friends. Because this can happen, you know, when you start being intentional with your actions, with your words, you will lose some people along the way. And so by doing this, you know, I, I refuse to shape shift and, and conform who I am just to fit in with the masses. Yeah. And, I, and I know that nowadays it's so easy to get caught up in, in all the hysteria that's happening, you know, because you want to. You know, you want to be so woke, you want to be enlightened, all these things. But sometimes you need to take a step back and, you know, ask yourself certain questions. That mm-hmm. if, if, is, this, is this really what you want to do? Is this, does this make any sense? Yeah. So I try to never follow the masses. I, you know, I, I do my own reading. I try to come to my own understanding. If there's something that I don't completely understand, I ask questions. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm not really going to fall into the trap of Facebook and Instagram University because everybody has an opinion. Exactly. <laughs> everybody got opinion and time. So, you know, but I'm I'm walking my own path. I'm I'm creating my space and I'm setting boundaries. And I understand that the path might get lonely from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I feel that as long as I'm being authentic to myself and I'm walking in my power, then the right people will join me. And this is what it means to be unapologetically Tiffany. Just snaps all around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm going to just end on that. I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm going to end it on a note. She's leaving on a high note. Oh! You guys, this concludes today's episode of Unapologetically Her. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me today. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's been a true pleasure. It's my pleasure. 
Before we go, <laughs> let everyone know again where they can follow you, support you, where they can book an appointment and check you out. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. So my personal social media page is on Instagram. It's at Mrs. Andrea. So it's M-Z-A-Z-A-N-D-R-I-A. You can follow my podcast at second.opinions.podcast. And if you're looking for a stress coach or a chiropractor, <laughs> you're in Jamaica, you can find us in Fairview in Montego Bay. Um, we're located inside Submit Medical. So you can get a call at 876-480-8971. And you'll get me. So, you know, yeah, you'll get to talk to me. You'll see me in office as well. And you'll be in really good hands. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you guys, thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to hear from Tiffany again, or if you have any comments, questions, or podcast topic, hit me up on social media at unapologetically her on Instagram and at unapologetic underscore UH on Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast on various streaming platforms where podcasts are hosted. And that also includes YouTube and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully you'll tune into a new episode. Much love, peace. And thank you, Tiffany, once again for joining me today. You're most welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye, you guys. Bye. (laughs)